0: The world didn't need another hockey podcast. It needed a better one. Bear witness to the two-man forecheck. Good morning, Chris. And Good. This is entirely forced fake, and probably the last nice thing I'm going to say for at least five minutes.
1: Good morning, Mike. This ought to be an interesting opening.
0: So, you yeah. mentioned uh, in the pre-show uh, something on Nesson. Um about uh, the upcoming Bruin season and I went to look first mistake. we had plenty of content didn't need to add anything click on a su- click on a link second mistake you what?
1: should never you should never click on links that you don't know where they're gonna take you
0: uh, you know I I understand that the whole, that Nessun's whole purpose is to keep people enraptured with the Red Sox and the Boston Bruins yes I completely understand it I'm 100% okay with it it's what Jack and Brick and the studio team with Billy and Razor and uh, Dale and all the rest it's their jobs and they're pretty, pretty good at it. But then there's some stuff that's too dumb, uh, to, be allowed. Too dumb to be allowed. Too dumb to be allowed. Okay. For those who have been literally living under a rock and probably on life support, um, this is the Bruin centennial season. Uh, for those who trip over big words or haven't had their coffee yet. Are you banging things already? For 100 wow. years. 100 seasons. That's 10 times 10. That's 5 times longer than even Ray Bork managed to play. Okay. In that 100 years, they have had thousands upon thousands upon thousands of men pull on the smoked bee, and go out there and give it their all. Like Brendan Bochensky? Brendan Bochensky, before he went on that Bochensky diet, <laughs> was a pretty effective player. I know. Guys like Byron Bits.
1: Byron Bits, that was the other name that came to mind, yes.
0: Gypsy Cat was a fascinating player to watch for a hot three weeks. Jemil Smith played a like three of games. A
1: Oh, he had a cup of coffee, like three games worth, yeah?
0: Yep. Played, as, played uh, to the best of his ability. Landon Ferraro came through town, didn't stay very long. One of the thousands of guys to pull on the jersey, look at look at himself in the mirror and say, man, do I have a lot to live up to.
1: And they've had their share of Hall of Famers and guys who are going to be on any all-league lists such as the aforementioned Ray Bork, such as Bobby Orr, such as Phil Esposito, even though he wasn't always a Bruin. I think we got him from the Rangers, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Um, Coffee came of, from town. One of my favorites, Brad Park, uh, who was also not originally a Bruin. I think he came from the Rangers. There was an awful lot of work with the Rangers back in the 70s. I don't know what it was.
0: There were only six teams.
1: Ah, that was the problem.
0: Okay. You add in guys like Cam Neely, Brad Bruin. Didn't start here. Nope, Vancouver. I'll go with Don Sweeney. Don Sweeney was one heck of a player. Don Don Sweeney
1: was the perfect partner for Ray Borg.
0: He was the model for a smaller defenseman in the NHL. Legitimately the model. But is he the model for a GM? He said That's that a, a separate question, and I think we've answered it at least 60 times. Um, okay. But he was he was the real deal. OK. Guys like Hal Gill, who specialized in shutting down Yaramir Yager. Uh, Kyle McLaren.
1: You know, that was um, Kyle McLaren was a favorite. And you know Kyle
0: that. McLaren was my favorite player after Ray Bork for a good couple of years. Joe Thornton, Sergei Samsonov. Um, You talk about Tiny Thompson, Jerry Cheevers, Chief Jerry Busick. Uh, You talk about Johnny Busick. Uh, You talk... Milt Schmidt. uh, Uncle Milt, literally the ultimate Bruin. Player, coach, GM. Willie O'Ree. Exactly. Willie O'Ree, groundbreaker for the NHL, still contributing to the NHL in... Uh, in a different capacity,
1: still con- still contributing to hockey in general and the improvement of the sport.
0: Absolutely, and there's then you talk about then you talk about guys who were the ultimate role players. You talk about guys like Sean Thornton, never going to have his jersey raised, but yeah. everyone everyone knew who he was, and he did his job and more than his job. Before his, for pretty much his whole tenure here. You talk about guys like uh, P.J. Axelson. Oh, goodness absolute yes. classy player, contributed on and off the ice. He started the P.J.'s uh, P.J.'s um, campaign that Bergeron eventually took over uh, as Patrice, Patrice's pals. Uh, you look at guys like uh, Peverly and, Ke- and Chris Kelly and Adam McQuaid, who are Uh, part of the Bruins coaching and development staff now. Um, You go back in time to Bob Beers. um, There's literally hundreds of guys who any five New England hockey fans could name to start without diving into record books Mm -hmm. to start your 100 list one. Guys who accomplish stuff, guys who one individual stuff, whether it was at the Olympics or World Juniors or college um, major junior, they ca- or they came into Boston and set records. They came in and revolutionized the position. Tim Thomas, I personally think he should already be in the Raptors. That's me. Some people think he w- didn't play long enough. I say find me a do- more dominant. Uh, goalie in the same time, same amount of time, um, in the league. The only one who comes close is Vasilevsky, and that was years later. Well, Tim Milan Lucic is one of those guys who came in. He was mostly a role player, but he he was the first was arguably the last true power forward in the league. He had a 30 goal season. He won a stand-up. He What'd had some of the best hits on the planet.
1: Would you call Matthew Kachuk a power
0: forward? Um, Matthew Kachuk is a... Matthew Kachuk is an agitator who okay. will drop the gloves. Yeah, I'm, I'm not... not I'm not 100% sure I would call him a power forward. Okay. I'm not trying to change the topic, I and
1: I don't disagree with you. I'm just – there There are people who are going to make the argument that there are still power forwards in the league. Personally, I think – yes, it stopped with me. It, 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 there was – the, the power forward is a different mold now.
0: It's a very different mold. He he is an absolute throwback. Um, But – Milan Lucic came in. Everyone, everyone, everyone remembers that Mike Van Ryn hit. Whether they actually saw it or not,
1: guess they remember it over and over again too. Plus all of his bites. Plus, I mean, he and and but he was the ultimate uh, as far as that lunch pale guy. He came in. He had that ten game window. Where the Bruins had to decide whether they were going to keep him or send him back to the Vancouver Giants. And he and expected he, to go back. He expected to go back, but his play forced the team to keep him.
0: Because he came in and he played like someone you don't ever want to take off your roster. And then he and he was still a terrible skater. <laughs> and the then time, in that yes. next offseason, <laughs> He worked on his skating. He improved drastically, and his skating was much better right up until that high ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. And Milan Lucic made the all-time 100 list for the Boston Bruins, which I'm okay with. He he was part of a cup win. He had. He was an uh, integral
1: part of the cup win.
0: Yeah, it, he it had wasn't a,
1: like he was sitting on his hands.
0: Absolutely, he went out and did stuff that made that win possible. Is was he the first or second most important player on the team that 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 cup run? No. Yeah. If you took him out and sure put another guy with his same season regular season stats in there, are they winning the cup? That's harder to say. But I do not have any problem with Milan Lucic being one of the two guys or one of the guys on the list. No, I don't either. I think his I think his ability to
1: – and I'm going to use the phrase and people may or may not have an issue with it. I don't care. His ability to take over a game or to dominate a game, it's not for the whole 60 minutes, but – whether it's in pockets of a five-minute time span during the first period or a 10-minute time span in the third period, his ability to dominate segments of the game and change the direction They're, of how the game was going, it, that to me is important enough to get him phrase, on a list like up this. The
0: bench or, or carry the locker room a little too much, he's legitimately done it. You were talking about that um, that Toronto series where they came back uh, to win in overtime. As okay. much as people talk about Bergeron, and Bergeron certainly played his part in putting the uh, blue and white to rest, Milan Lucic was – if Bergeron was the fire, me, uh, Milan Lucic was the hydrogen feeding that fire. Uh, At at some point in that
1: third period, uh, uh, Lujic just took over on this persona of we're going to win this game. I'm taking over this game.
0: He put on the cape. Yes. He put on the cape and everyone – not only did he fly, the team flew with him. Yep. Um, And that's – The other name on the list? That we know of. Has none of those characteristics.
1: I mean should we should we be should should we poo poo it and say to this point in his career or I mean I agree, I have not seen those characteristics in in this young man. I just I worry that and I've said it many times one of the things that they always say about him is that he learns from his mistakes. He does make the same mistake twice.
0: Okay. Uh, I have in to his, disagree. <laughs> in his career, he did win. Uh, he did win. He was part of gold-winning team in 2015 for the U18s. Okay. And part of the bronze team for the U20s in 2016. So he has some. He has some hardware. Some medals. He does have some international play. Okay. College. Um, I, I, I don't, don't spent, remember anything spent, useful out of his college career. He spent two years Can at BU. Um, no awards one, for anything there. One a bean pot. Okay, I'm sorry. He does, does have awards. Uh, he was in all rookie team and then the first team, but no, no championships uh, of any variety. Um I seem to have a
1: partner that allowed him to be himself.
0: Wait, you, you're not implying that uh, that um, his partner lifted him up?
1: Uh, Are you uh, implying it? No, I'm pretty much stating it.
0: OK, because, yes, uh, if there is. And
1: he's doing it again with the team he's currently on.
0: Yes, uh, I, you've, you've heard that everyone who's listening has heard us talk about this before. Grizzly plays well with almost everyone. McAvoy unequivocally plays his best hockey with Grizzly. Period.
1: And there may be something to that chemistry. I'm not. I'm not. Oh no, I the, don't.
0: I don't say that as a knock on ke- on player chemistry because obviously we wouldn't have had the Bergeron and Marchand chemistry uh, uh, like synergy if it didn't exist. Right. Like those two players almost immediately from the time that they started playing together were a rock solid tandem. And s- the same – Uh, It's the same for... Well, it's similar. Marchand has played some very good hockey without Patrice Bergeron. I don't know that I've ever applied a phrase like very good in a serious manner to McAvoy's play without Matt Grizzly. I just... I don't understand
1: how... Yeah. I don't understand how this young man makes the list... Unless this list comes out and it includes uh, – it, it it has to include Patrice. The, the, I mean if he's not in the top five on that list. Then. Look, if
0: he's already on the list and he's not been here for a championship and Brad Marchand isn't on the list and PJ Axelson isn't on the list, uh, <laughs> not that Bergeron is still a still a player. It says it – inclu- the article says it includes at least two current players, and it was dated fairly recently, so after the retirement announcements – but I, I'm sorry. i sorry. Mean, if I sh- sit down after we finish recording and just start typing the names of Boston Bruins players, I will probably come up with 60 names by myself who I would put ahead of Charlie McAvoy in contributions to the Boston Bruins. At least yeah. 60. They have a list of quite a few well-known hockey writers Some of whom are on the Bruins payroll, which, again, is fine. Bruins, Nesson, I'll use those interchangeably. And yes, I understand the list is at least partly PR, but it shouldn't be grotesque. There's I mean, there's
1: such a history in this franchise you got to go back to the Kraut line, which with, with Uncle Milty. you got Willie O'Ree, you got, you, you go to the, the, the Stanley Cup teams in 70, 72. You, you've got the mid 70s, you got Ray Bork handing, ha- handing over Phil Esposito's number so it can go to the Raptors. You look at the numbers in the Raptors, you can't start wearing a single digit until you get to six, for one thing
0: and honestly i can't think of a player i actually loved who has wear, worn the number 6 in boston joe it thornton, like joe, an thornton joe thornton wore number
1: 6 his rookie year before he switched to 19 and that was all because of norm levier and his medical history and his is uh, his, 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 his uh, attachment to the team but he did eventually – but he did switch to 19. Number six was worn by Glenn Featherstone. I mean, yeah, there isn't a number six that I can think of that I would say he has to be up there. But you go one, two, three, four, five, seven, eight, nine. Ugh. Ten would be the next one, which – the the I mean, Ken Hodge Jr. wore it. Jean Rattel wore it. I mean – but you you go through one through ten, and there's only two numbers available. Okay. The, the, the history of this team is who ridiculous. Have
0: worn the captains see for the team, starting with Sprague uh, Clegghorn back in the 25-28 seasons. They only had twenty captains. Only twenty captains in hundred years. Um, uh, Ray Bork, I believe, is the longest-serving captain. Joe Thor uh, Chara is up there. There's yes. a couple of guys who only served for a year or two. I mean. Jason Allison, 2000 through 2001. Yep. Joe Thornton, 2002 through 2005. Even Patrice Bergeron was only two years. But, but with those 20 names, you're already one, one fifth way, or close to one fifth of the way through the list.
1: No, 20 is one fifth of
0: 100. No, <laughs> I, Allison is probably not going to make it at, into your top 100 list. I loved him, but... Yeah, I, I agree with that. Jason Allison's not making the list. So, in, in terms of retired numbers, Eddie Shore, Lionel Hitchman, Bobby Orr, Dick Clapper, Phil Esposito, Cam Neely, Johnny Busick, Milt Schmidt, Rick Middleton, Willie O'Ree, Terry O'Reilly, Rick and that's before you get to Patrice Bergeron, Zidane Chara, David Nick, Gracie, and-
1: so that's thirty threes out the window, thirty sevens out the window, thirty four. Window. Thirty four at some point should be out the window. Thirty should be out the window for like. Thirty should. I two. mean thirty. Yeah, thirty should be out the window. Why did I say thirty four? I don't know. Thirty should and be out the window. <sighs> There's a lot at of numbers retired.
0: Of, of look at the list of Hall of Famers who have Bill who have come in. uh Adding to those names, you've got guys uh, forget it. I, I'm done with this topic. I can't talk about it anymore. I've managed not to swear, but impressive. Very impressive. Like of all <laughs> of the times we I wanted to swear since we started this show, this this probably is the most strong.
1: Wow. Um Just to put a bow tie on it, the official list or or the entire list of 100 names comes out on Tuesday, September 12th, so in two days.
0: In two days, which means we'll have to go over the list uh, (laughs) for next week's show. And then in October,
1: a month later, October 12th, they are going to release a 20-player all-centennial team. So I'm guessing 20 players, they're going to have like 12 forwards, eight defensemen and two goaltenders or 12, seven and three or something to that effect.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll deal with it as they come.
0: Um, from enraging stuff to, um, well, something a little amusing okay. and probably not for the best of reasons, but if you're a hockey fan Uh, And you have been anywhere near the Internet in the last three weeks. You have heard the name Jet DeChamps and probably seen people questioning his actual name, his actual age, rather. Um, He looks significantly younger uh, than uh, than the birth date that we're all given for him.
1: Jet Deschamps. Jet Deschamps. Yes. I don't know how to pronounce it. Deschamps. Jet Deschamps. Um, 14 years old. Wow. What? He's 14 years old.
0: Yeah, he'll be 15 in a couple of days. Um, Is he old enough legally to sign a contract? (laughs) Wait a minute. How did the Regina Pats sign him? They signed his parents, I'm guessing. For this sort of thing, he is just old enough to sign. It's basically he's going to work for them. It's what it is. When I was – wait, 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 wait. I had my first job when I was 14. I had to go through –
1: I had to actually fill out an application with – the state or at least with the, I think you it was to get a the, work permit. I had to get a work permit cause I was 14 years old and the stipulation was that I couldn't work later than eight o'clock on a school night, Monday through Thursday or Sunday through Thursday weekends. I couldn't work past 10 and I was only allowed to work like 20 or 25 hours a week at the most or something like that. It, there were rules. He's 14 years old. He's signing contracts. Uh, clearly, I'm old. So, what's up with Jet Deschamps? Beside the fact that he's now a Regina Pat,
0: he is now a Regina Pat, and the memes on this poor child, surrounding this poor young man, for the next year or two, until. Uh, biochemistry takes over and rewrites his uh, physiology. Um, yeah, he hasn't hit the yet, has he? It, it it sounds like he tries to make it appear that he it has, but he has signed. Um, he, he was the, good enough to make it into the WHL. I have the not-so-sneaking suspicion that we're going to hear his name a few more times over the next year or year or five and quite frankly i'm happy for the kid uh i mean is he gonna be the next best thing uh, clearly uh, I, i'm gonna i mean there must be
1: there, there must be talent there they're not gonna sign a 14 year old as some sort of uh he'll be 15 marketing season starts okay 15 but still they're not it this isn't some sort of marketing scheme clearly there's talent here
0: absolutely um And the fact that the team is willing to look over the fact that he is not the biggest, not the most physically mature, uh, and look purely at his hockey ability uh, is a testament to the team's scouting and development staff. All right.
1: So he's an 08 baby about to turn, like you said, 15. I, wow. I I mean, congratulations to him. I, I It says here, it says in Elite Prospects that he's 5'6", 119 pounds. Um,
0: there are dogs in my development. I would worry uh, that about... Way more than him. I would worry about the size. I don't know how... I don't know if the
1: W is is... A physically uh more so than any other, you know. Is it more offensive minded where he's going to be able to skate around and, and avoid a lot of hitting and Oh he's a defenseman. Wow.
0: He's a defenseman. Um so he's got to be fairly positionally sound.
1: Uh left shot defenseman
0: too. Yep. Uh five six, one nineteen. His birthday is the 28th of September. Um, We will all be wishing him a happy birthday. Uh, Looking at his.
1: He had 36 penalty minutes in 30 games with the Rink Hockey Academy Winnipeg U15 team.
0: Uh yes, uh, he was a bit he was a busy little boy because uh, he played 32 games for the W Triple A quick teams, um, six goals, 18 assists, um, and 16 pims there. Uh, it looks like he was playing up and down um, in hockey last year and getting in a good clip of ge- getting in a good clip of games so. Good for him, and I, I look forward I, to finding out what he uh, what he does next year wish or him next well, season. I
1: hope it, yeah, wish him well. I hope he's. I hope his his arc keeps going upward. Cause that, I mean, like I said, 14 years old. I was working Child World. For those who don't know, defunct defunct toy store chain. So that, um, that's what I was doing at 14. So, <laughs> uh,
0: would you rather have been playing with the WHL?
1: Signing contracts—that would have been so cool. <laughs> yeah, I think I would have.
0: Mm. Awesome. Mm. Uh, so Jake DeBrusk, <laughs> Jakey, who has been fairly public about what he wants uh, during his time as a Boston Bruin is set to become a UFA uh, in about 10 months. He's already stated he's looking forward to, uh, he, he would prefer to sign and remain in Boston.
1: My, how, how, how the tune has changed all with the change of one man.
0: And
1: Wasn't it, under it is the fascinating
0: prior, that that has been the case. Under
1: the prior um, head coach, he was saying the exact opposite.
0: And that was and when he still had no leverage because he was still at RFA. Demanding trades
1: and didn't want to be here. And one head coach later, and now he wants to stay here and he wants to re-up here and... I don't know something happened. I don't know what happened. something happened Could it be the the change in head coach i i'm I'm just I'm just spitballing here.
0: just, I, just, spit, I, just spitballing. I, think I think it's a lot the head coach and if you when you come right down to it, he'll be twenty seven or so at this time next year, okay. However much longer Brad Marshan decides to play, it's probably not going to be seven or eight years, certainly not seven or eight years as a number one left wing. Um, he's in great shape. He takes he works his backside off. But father time has won 100 percent of the time. And I don't think that it's going to be any different for Brad Marchand, um, even if Patrice Bergeron seems to have found the fountain of youth, um, despite having decided to retire this season. Yeah. If I were a betting man, I think that we're going to see guys like DeBrusque and Marchand and, uh, allowed a lot more offensive freedom this year and encouraged to do a little bit more one-on-one and use their skills in the offensive zone because we don't have those strong number one, number two centers like Bergeron and Krejci, uh that we did in the past. Um, okay. And, that means we could actually see we could actually see Jake crack 30. We could even see Marshand crack 40, something that's long overdue, and he was <clears throat> brutally used out of a couple of times. And poor Jake uh, had that broken leg at the Winter Classic that absolutely kept him from hitting 30 last year. Um... So, if he's,
1: and 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 it's funny because the Boston Herald article that we that we've been referencing here, actually like third or so paragraph in or fourth paragraph in whatever it was, actually indicates that uh, Bruce Cassidy, the one that he bought at with who was fired, uh, they sort of intimate without saying that that's the reason why it happened. But just reading, looking down this, they're thinking that his value would be something similar to what Brandon Hagel signed with uh, Tampa Bay.
0: Look at the numbers. He's had a header Six and a
1: half million per year. If that's the case, if they can get if they can keep him for six and a half. I mean, I know that the cap is the cap and Sweeney's got a lot of work and he's got to figure things out. But if you can keep him around for six and a half, uh, I think I'm OK with that.
0: He's currently making I, what, four per four four million per. He signed a show me deal for four million and he showed.
1: I mean, at this point, he thinks he can score 30 this season, which I actually feel he's capable of scoring thir- I mean, he's scored 27 twice.
0: He scored 27 twice last year in 64 games, the uh, the previous time in in 68 games. And that was his second season. So I think if, um, he can, if he can
1: manage to avoid that one injury that keeps him like this year, it was the broken leg this past season, which he played through. In the winter classic. Yep. And then he had to go off for a few weeks. If he can avoid that. Big three. I mean, I'm not saying he has to play all 82 games, but if he can get somewhere between 77 and 82 or 75 and 80, if he can get into that range of games, he, I think he very easily could score 30. I think he's got the talent level. I'm not disagreeing with him there. And if that's the case, then yeah, I think that six and a half is a fair number. I worry that it's not going to be six and a half, it's going to be
0: I think if he's looking for eight, he's going to have to look elsewhere. But I think seven, seven and a quarter, certainly doable. Um, okay. Troy Terry was part of that draft class and is well behind him in in terms of uh, production. Um, I he's let's see, I mean, Pavel Zaka has played eighty more games. And only has 10 more points. Okay. Um, Noah, well, Noah Hennepin's a defenseman, but yes, look at the list from the 19 draft class. Jake DeBrusque is 19th in scoring for that class. And I mean, there's some guy named David at the top of the list, followed by Marner who have both played well over a hundred more games um Rantanen, over a hundred more games. Um, Sebastian Aho, a hundred more game, more than a hundred more games. Okay. Jack Eichel, who eh, even despite his neck injury and all of that nonsense in Buffalo, well over a hundred more games. You look at the ten or twelve guys who are close to the same number of games, and really only Rupe hints. And Dylan Strome, who have played, this, uh, who have more points, are ahead of him. So in points production per game, I'm not, I'm not saying you need to pay him with the McDavid's and the Marners or no the. One. No,
1: and I think you'd be foolish to ask for that money. Uh,
0: even, e- even just as a negotiating ploy, it would look ridiculous. Yes. But you want to talk about other guys? I uh, I don't I don't see how you're making a case that how you're going to make a case that you can't pay him at least what Bosa's uh, what what mm-hmm. making. Uh Besser rather. Um, right, Besser, yeah. I mean what what is- has more playoff experience. <laughs> what are the oh,
1: Islanders yeah. paying Besser? If you know off the top of your head.
0: Um, off the top of my head, Besser is, and by off the top of my head, I mean, I had just pulled his contract up six, uh, point six, hundred, uh, six hundred, six million, six hundred fifty thousand. Um, it's, yeah, I'm it's okay. again, three-
1: I'm three- over six. So six and a half, it's slightly more than six and a half. I'm again, I'm
0: okay with it. Um, and his contract ends after neck, after the 24, 25 season. um, has only played in the playoffs once um, and has 11 playoff points in 17 games uh, for the Canucks. I, if he if he actually signed the same deal as Brock Besser, he's probably leaving money on the table, but you're also, I can't imagine that Jake is going to sign anything less than a seven or eight year deal. Um and for Besser that was really not a huge raise over his previous contract, which was which was like a hundred and hundred thousand and under six million. Jake is going to be moving up from the team friendly two year deal that he signed. Um, I uh I, think, that there's a, I well, think there's a lot
1: here. It's odd. it's odd because I think he signed that contract that, that 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 quote unquote show me contract that two year eight million dollar deal mm-hmm. that was signed before the trade deadline. I think the expectation was that he was going to be dealt at the trade deadline. Yes, and that was they wanted to get him. They wanted to get him locked down because he
0: he'd would be more about the
1: return. Yeah he'd be more attractive to other teams if they had a, if he had a year of term still available. That's why the deal was not that he didn't deserve to get paid. He absolutely did, but uh, they wanted to, he wanted out. They wanted to move him because he and Bruce Cassidy were <clears throat> not happy. So they wanted to do everything they could to make him more attractive. They got him to sign that. He agreed to sign that deal. And then, oh, wait, Cassidy's gone. New head coach. Now he wants to stick around. I don't have a problem with him sticking around. I,
0: think I don't that, either. I've, I've always liked the player. Um, I think that I hope that, our, that the Bruins system can produce a reasonable center for him. That's my concern. Medium term. Because I don't, he,
1: he's not, he, he's a creator, but he's not, I mean, he can, he's got speed, he can get into his own space, but he's not, he's not one of these guys that's going to dipsy-do and stick handle around you, and, and, and we're not yeah, well, talking got- Sergey Samsonov with size here, we're talking a guy who has decent speed, has a good first move, can get around you, but... He, he he's not a creator on his own. He needs a center he's to not, help
0: him. He's not built in the J, Jerome Ginla mode or the, uh, but, but he's still going to produce. Like yeah. You. Um, speaking of production and talking mm-hmm. a little bit uh, further south of us, um, in the hockey news for the Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> Nick Horwat uh, um, has penned a article saying that the Penguins can expect more dominance from uh, Gino Malkin this year. More dominance. Malkin is, of course, 37 years old now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he finished just over a point per game last year. It, in a season where the Penguins did not make this make the playoffs. They've added Carlson to the back end. I don't know on this one. Um. I just don't know because Carlson will lead to more movement and more speed on their power play and at least – when the puck is moving forward, uh, in their own zone, and to five on five, um, five on five uh, chances, mm-hmm. but he gives up a lot of chances. <laughs> um, and if they actually put him and the guy who's been there forever, Latang, on the ice together. Um, anywhere anything outside like a 5 on 3 for the penguins that feels like a fireable offense to me
1: i worry that mike sullivan is going to at least try that not on the i mean not on the power play obviously he's going to have them quarterbacking separate power plays the question becomes then who gets power play unit 2 which only gets 15 to 20 seconds on ice and who's going to quarterback the the bulk of you know or, or power play unit one. Um, I, I think that Sullivan's going to try it. I, I, I think the allure of having Latang and Carlson on the ice at the same time, I think it's going to be a strong pull. I think he's going to try it. I think it's going to not be as successful as he hopes. And he's going to have to split them up. But I guess I get this feeling that he's going to at least try it for a couple of weeks.
0: Um, Is he going to even be given a choice by the roster? I don't think it's going to work, but. Is he going to be given a choice to even not try it by the roster? (laughs) Look, there's been a standing joke for, what, a decade plus now of Crosby's career that he's the secret GM and. (laughs) Well, if he's
1: the secret GM, then why the hell hasn't he done anything about the goaltending?
0: Uh, Well, he doesn't want the goaltender. If you want to take the side of the people who think Sidney Crosby is the worst player ever, at least in terms of personality, they don't want any chance that the goaltender is a bigger star than he is. Oh, okay. So it's okay to have a failing Tristan Jari. And I feel
1: bad for the kid because there's talent there. I've seen it. He he has – he's not the injury-riddled goaltender that Matt Murray is, but – He's not healthy. Uh, he seemed to have that problem last season. And then when he came back from his not not so healthy stint, uh, which actually started again around the uh, Winter Classic, when he came back, the, the last 30 or so games or whatever it was, he had 8.93 save percentage. I mean, it just wasn't the same Tristan Jari. Uh, no. Um, they need to do something. I think that I think more than getting excited about a Gino who finally played a full season last year and Sidney Crosby who finally played a full season last year. Uh, you need to get Jake Gensel healthy. You need to do something about the goaltending, and you have to hope that your best defense isn't. A 33 year old Eric Carlson and a 38 year old Chris Letang, 37, however old he is, 35. Because if that's the case, I, I mean, don't. I don't think they're making the playoffs again, and I think that window is closed.
0: Uh, if they if they aren't in the playoffs this year, you need to. There needs to be an earth-shattering kaboom.
1: I thought um, Kyle Dubas might have done that, but instead he opted to go the other direction and try and solidify what he has.
0: I don't know that he uh, had a choice. I was
1: going to say that's going to have to be a short-term plan. I don't think he can survive.
0: No, no. no. I, to, uh, I think ownership, the new ownership, the same ownership who owns the Red Sox.
1: Like, um,
0: the, the same ownership that, that forced
1: uh, – the same ownership to force Fletcher to say, okay, I can't
0: make any deals. See ya, I'm done. Um because I mean, just looking at this team, thirty-one point three is their average age at forward because Crosby thirty-six, Malkin thirty-seven, Brian Russ, thirty-one, Ric- Ricard Raquel, thirty, Riley Smith, thirty-two, Jeff Carter 38 Lars Eller, uh, Jeff Carter 38 Lars Eller 34 Nola Chari 31 and Matt Nieto 30 there are four guys under 30 projected to make this roster at forward holy I'm leap
1: I'm sorry not Fletcher Rutherford
0: um, their defense is almost as old at 29 point one um I just there look I Jeff Carter is not the player that he was 10 years ago he's not even the player he was five years ago Um, Riley Smith one of the original misfits out West Um, how, how is he going to adjust to a new team his what is this fourth fifth team yeah because he spent 40 games with Dallas two full seasons with Boston he's part of the he was part of the Sagan deal was he not um I don't remember that but he went to Florida for two seasons Vegas for six and this is going to be his fifth team yeah
1: I'm pretty sure he was part of the Sagan deal because Sagan was here for – Sagan was here before him. So I'm pretty sure that he was part of the Sagan. I don't know. I, I'm guessing. I, I'd have to look it up to be certain. Um, Did you know that they have – there was actually a GM between Rutherford and Ron Hextall?
0: Uh, wasn't that one fairly brief? Um,
1: almost as brief as Jemmel Smith's time in Boston. And this man managed to snowball this into a job with Vancouver. He was GM for literally four games. His name is Patrick Alvan. After Jim Rutherford abruptly decided that he didn't like the fact that ownership told him he couldn't make a deal. Cause he was trying to get rid of Chris. He was trying to get rid of the Tang, and he was trying to bring in, he was trying to bring in Vince Dunn. I mean, hello.
0: <laughs> so yes, you're, you are correct. Um, Riley Smith was part of two interesting Boston Bruins trades. Um, he was traded with Louis Erickson, Matt Frazier, Joe Murrow to Boston for Rich Peverly, Ryan button, um, and Tyler Sagan. I was saying, yeah. Um, he's actually the most successful player in that trade. Uh, I would say so. Um, and then he was also traded with Mark Savard to, at, after Savard was no longer playing, but right. his contract anyways, for Jimmy Hayes to Florida. I, 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 I remember that.
1: Rest in peace, Jimmy. I remember that.
0: And he will be 33 years old um, before the season ends.
1: Wow. Yes, Alvan, four whole games as a GM for the Penguins. In that time, they went one win, three losses. Really good GM. <laughs> For four whole games. <laughs> anyway, absolutely. So there, there's your fun fact and useless fact of the day, all wrapped into one.
0: Um. um so one of the I, other quick uh, stories uh, that I didn't actually get on here okay. is um is a story say where they're calling out uh, for each team in the Atlantic Division, um, who needs to stand up and deliver this year. The obvious choice to many people's eyes is Eric Carlson. Um, the article actually picked Tristan Jari, um, because <laughs> See, it's Jari it's has it. had that injury history and uh, underperformance upon returning. What do you think? Is it one of them? Is it Latang? Is it just need yeah. to be the guy who stands up? I, I wouldn't have said it during the last part, but I
1: would have waited for this one. But goaltending. It is inconclusive at best in Pittsburgh. Is is Jari going to be the number one? Is Casey DeSmith going to take the job? Can Casey DeSmith can Casey Smith play as a number one goaltender?
0: Can Delkovic recapture the magic? Oh, it was Nadelkovic. My apologies. Nadelkovic. Uh, I, thought, I don't remember where DeSmith landed this year, but he might actually be in their, in their system still. No, um, no I he don't remember where DeSmith is. It almost from. doesn't matter because he's Casey DeSmith. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, that first topic still has me a little saltier than usual.
1: I just – what I don't – Casey DeSmith. um, Oh, hey. We're going to get to see a lot of Casey DeSmith apparently. This season he's going to be playing in Montreal. Now we put a nice bow bow on that. By the way, he's from Rochester, New Hampshire. We should be more supportive of Casey DeSmith.
0: Rochester, New Hampshire is closer to Montreal than it is to Boston.
1: (laughs) Wow, this is – Easy. And so as I said, for me, it's all about the goaltending. Nedeljkovic, are they going to get the Nedeljkovic that played in Carolina or are they going to get the Nedeljkovic that played in Detroit? And the Nadelkovic that played in Detroit wasn't terrible, but at the time that he was the number one, the players in front of him were less than good. They, D- Detroit is an improving team, and they've got Villa Huso, and he was the better of the two goaltenders in St. Louis because St. Louis opted to keep well, the chucklehead um, But if they can get them to that is play that played more like Carolina. And again, it's going to be, it's going to come down in part to how his communication works with the guys in front of him, Carlson, Letang, the backup singers. Um, I just, uh, it's the goaltending and Tristan Jari, if he wants to be, and is going to be the number one, he is, that is the guy. Uh, Carlson is going to be the focus because he's the, he's the one that Dubas brought in. He's still making $10 million a year. Mm -hmm. whether they're paying him that or whether they got San Jose to pay half, I don't know. I don't remember.
0: And but I don't know why you think we're going to see a lot of Casey Smith in Montreal. It's very clear that Carey Price will be back in net and the number one goaltender.
1: Really? Well, yeah. he's a $10 million goaltender. so
0: okay. You don't sit your $10 million stud.
1: Well, Caden Primo is going to be up there soon. so If he can get his head out of his butt. Uh, it's the goaltending. It's not Carlson.
0: Are you giving and- Carlson a free pass in the summer, on the season?
1: Uh, a free pass? No, he's got to show up. But I think that more important than Carlson is the goaltending. What say you, my friend?
0: Um, I, I think that... I think that the I think the Penguins make me a little sad to watch at this point and their GM just needs to be empowered to hit the big old button and bring about the earth shattering. kaboom. If you
1: really think that Mario Lemieux is going to allow Kyle Dubas to blow this team up. No, without one more shot.
0: But how many time? How many more times were we going to hear one more shot? I don't know. He
1: didn't allow Hextall to blow it up either. Not that I, I I don't I don't know that Hextall would have. I mean, as a hockey as a as a goaltender and a player in the NHL, he was feisty. He was ferocious. He was he hot headed. As a GM, he seemed a lot more subdued, and that's fine. I understand. That's part of the you know part of the learning process. Part of the job is that he's got to. You know, cooler heads prevail and whatnot. But he didn't seem to take the chances. He didn't seem to. And I don't know if that's because it was him or because he was handcuffed. But if we're to believe Rutherford, uh, ownership gets a little too involved in um, the day to day.
0: Stop. Okay. You put a story in that may actually irritate me more than the first story we talked about. you're gonna have to tell me which one because you know wait wait
1: no i i think i know wait 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 i think i think i know you know which one um did i do it on purpose is the question
0: probably yes (laughs) okay would i honestly do that to you yes yes Okay, Okay, kiddies, it's time for story time with Uncle Mike. (laughs) We
1: had story time already.
0: Once upon a time in a land named Toronto, a head coach asked a young player to write up the faults of all of his teammates and give him the list. Mm -hmm. The young, trusting player did so and then all of those faults were read to the locker room, despite what the coach had said.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember all this. You did story time. Said head coach. Said head coach.
0: Was eventually fired for other dumb bleep 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 bleep. Expletive deleted bleep 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 that continued throughout his tenure said head coach, didn't make it back to the NHL for a good number of years, and many of us cheered because he's exactly the type of person who creates a very toxic work environment. He's, and been, gone. he's been gone for three years. Four now, years. that um, head coach who for whom there is whose behavior can best be typified as uh, describing the main product in a certain aisle um, where that main product is used to remove a substance from your body um, Mm -hmm. and then flushed. Okay. Um, An enema? It would be quicker. Yes. Um, Okay. Those don't actually grow out of trees. This is true. Um and now Mike Babcock is back as the head coach of the of the Blue Jackets. Oh, and he believes that this is the right time the
1: right team at the right time for him.
0: I but- can only assume that Blue Jackets theoretical leadership uh Yarmoukiga either doesn't care about player uh about the players' mental health um or he's trying to get everyone to leave.
1: Uh, either that no, or Jarmo Kikolainen is a strong believer in Mike Babcock's daughter's ability to control her father.
0: Because um, if
1: you read the story before <laughs> telling your story time... His daughter is the one that helped Mike Babcock realize that he needed to evolve his coaching methods. His daughter would always say to him, it's not what you say, dad. It's your tone.
0: No, no, no. It's <laughs> more than just your tone. I am familiar with tone. I. It's, it's more than what yeah, you say. Yeah, you're pretty good at it right now. <laughs> when you lie to people and you deliberately divide a team – Everything bad that happens, it's on you. He's done that. Yes. Guys like Jake Bean and Damon Severson and Sean Coralli and Alexander uh, Texier and the whole rest. I mean, knowing what we know about Mike Babcock, why in the world should Adam Pentilli or Kent Johnson – Or They can both go back to
1: Michigan. Oh, wait. No, they can't.
0: Or uh, David Yerasek or Denton uh, Matichuk or any of these other young kids in that system. Trust him.
1: Well, Jan O'Keekelainen has an answer for you. And I'm quoting from the article. We are convinced we got the best coach for the job. His coaching achievements talk for themselves. Everybody knows that. But I'm also convinced that he's the right person, the right man for the job, and that's really important. Our organization has some strong values that are never compromised, and they're non-negotiable. End quote. Mm,
0: mm. (laughs) I did say it with a straight face, most of it anyway. (laughs) Okay, now he's been the general manager for 10 years, 6 months, and 28 days as of today. Wow, that's a long time. Um, Is he going to make it through this season? My memory's a little fuzzy. Yep, fuzzy. Uh, How many division titles have the Columbus Blue Jackets won in that that 10 and a half years? I'm going to go with zero. Uh, Okay, Um, how many... How many uh playoff rounds have they won in that time?
1: Playoff rounds. Mm. One.
0: Uh yes, they did uh, they did knock out um uh,
1: in the, in, didn't they win in the um <clears throat> the summer uh, the, 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 the the Summer Olympics or whatever they were? The summer the, the pretend offs? Yeah. The pretend offs. thank you. I think they won a round there. I think that's why I said one. I mean, Kikolainen's putting together a decent team, but to go and get a head coach like this after what he's done in Toronto. Yes, in Detroit, he won a Stanley Cup with Detroit. Oh, wait. He didn't have to coach that team, it practically coached itself.
0: It was Hall of Famers. Yeah, so they won the first round Edwin in the 1920 Ediburz? season. Won the first round in 1819 uh, against the Lightning. Um, no. In fact, they swept the Lightning and then got run over by the Bruins. Um, lost to the Penguins in 1617. Lost to the Capitals in 1718. Didn't qualify in 1415 or 1516 lost in the first round to the Penguins in 13-14. Um, so they've won one real playoff round and a round of the pretend-offs okay. in his 10 and a half years. There were other head coaches available.
1: Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Bruce Boudreaux was one of them. Um,
0: Claude Julien is not
1: coaching I, in the NHL right now. Claude Julian has won a Stanley Cup. How does he not have a job? Unless he doesn't want a job, and I understand that. But if he wants to be, how does he not have one? I do not understand this.
0: There's so many other candidates who would be, shall I said, say, less divisive. Less as d- I said, yep, less divisive, yep. I don't get this. Is this a Hail Mary? Is this a— well, so
1: what, what I'm saying is based on based on Kika Leinen's comments, what he did in Toronto is not as important to him as the fact that he's led a team to the Stanley Cup. But as I just finished saying, Detroit uh, Hall of Fame caliber players, Datsu, Zetterberg, friggin. Uh, <laughs> yes. Lidstrom. It was, uh, I mean, it, the team was littered with top-notch talent. He didn't have to coach them. It was managing them. All right, you on the ice. You go, you go, you go. He didn't have to coach them. It wasn't a difficult I, – I, I, mean, I know I'm making it sound difficult in terms of coaching a team like Toronto where they haven't won in a number of years. The talent is younger. The kids are – are greener. Detroit was a lot of veterans who knew what they were doing, who were top tier, top notch talent. And you bring him in. There are other options and other options that are better communicators that aren't going to pull the crap he pulled in Toronto. Sorry.
0: I I I hate everything about this deal and it's impossible for me to cheer for the for the Columbus Blue Jackets while he's still there. Period. It's impossible for me to applaud uh Kiko Lineen while he's still there. Uh, this is gross. And uh, we may have a model contract for uh, some of the young guys like cider and uh, going forward. A model contract. Rasmus, uh, Rasmus Dallin has signed a new contract. Eight years. Ten and a half a year. After putting up 73 points with 15 goals in 78 ah. games last year.
1: Rasmus Dallin. Now... Hold
0: on a second. I'm, I'm do, 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 do you Five seasons into his NHL career, 6'3", 202, 23-year-old, left-shot uh, defenseman out of uh coping Sweden.
1: Okay, so...
0: His numbers have improved every year, uh, year well... His numbers have improved year over year. Uh, Now, my question is... Heading that 2021 season, but I think that uh, there's a lot of factors involved in that. Well, the thing is,
1: did he sign his contract before another defenseman signed a... Signed a large contract, eight years, $64.4 million, if I'm not mistaken. um, As the Ottawa Senators have jumped feet first into bed with Jake Sanderson. So we've got two defensemen getting very, very large contracts. The question is, which one was signed first and how did it affect the other one? And how are these contracts going to affect going forward?
0: Um, I I think that we're looking at, between the two of them, I think, yeah, we're looking at the model for the next three or four young uh, top-end defensemen. I think for Buffalo's sake, given all of the hype surrounding Owen Power, they wanted to, A, make sure that he was – if not disarmed, then not on the offense immediately. When it comes to talk time to talk about his next contract, Owen. Um, yeah. We've seen teams botch their uh, their player relations by attempting to lowball uh, candidates and having it lead to three or four years of absolute labor. Unrest, we'll call it, or nasty negotiations. Yeah. Um, looking at Jake Sanderson, Jake Sanderson's contract is a little harder to justify. He's got yeah. one; he's only got one year uh, of NHL time played. Yeah, thirty-two points in seventy-seven games—nothing to sneeze at. Um, his numbers at uh, North Dakota were great. We're pretty. We're pretty impressive. Um, it, the 21-22 season, he had 26 points in 23 games, but still, just the one NHL season. People can say, "Hey, is this a fluke? Is this an outlier?" I don't think it is. I don't think I. I I'm not sure that I'm in the camp that thinks that Jake Sanderson is the Best young defenseman under twenty-five, and those people do exist. Um,
1: Jake Sanderson has a fabulous birthday,
0: though. Uh, looks pretty. It looks pretty ordinary to me.
1: Yeah. Okay. Fabulous birth date. Then. Uh huh. <laughs> the thing is that. I think his contract was signed first because if you go into Cap Friendly, they don't show Rasmus Darlene's extension yet. They still have him expiring at the end of this season. I'm not okay. saying I don't. I'm not saying I don't believe the story because I mean it, it's on. I mean it's Bleacher Report. Open ice. It's you know, it's on X if you want to know. You know, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but there's nothing about it on cap friendly yet. So clearly, Sandersons was first, and Buffalo, and it says rumored extension here, eight years, average annual value ten and a half. If that is the case, clearly Jake Sanderson has already set the market. And Buffalo has responded to that number by giving Dalene more. So we're and already having the ripple effect from the Sanderson contract.
0: And it's the right, and it's in the right direction. I mean, neither one of them is a top tier outlet at this but, point to be a. Is,
1: I don't know if Rasmus Muscala a ten and a half million dollar player
0: million under the current cap versus 10.5 million under the future cap. Um, And we're, again, we're talking a defenseman who put up 73 points in 78 games on a team that did not make the playoffs. And I still have questions about their overall depth at forward. Okay. Uh, Do I think, if you're asking me which of these two guys has I have more confidence in, in actually earning out their contract, I suppose is a, is a decent way to say it, over the next three years. Jake Sanderson's history says that he's probably going to keep producing at above a half point per game. Um, I mean, close to a point per game, who knows, but above a half point per game.
1: I mean, Seems I. Likely, I agree with you as far as the Jake Sanderson thing. That is uh, quite the leap to go from. Was he basically entry? What was he basically entry level?
0: He's entry level.
1: It was a. He's only he's, played he, a single year. He's gone from entry level to eight million per. So yeah, I, I mean, I, and Pierre Dorian is creating a little bit of a juggernaut up there. So. I'm not ready to call him uh, crazy or, or, oh my goodness, what does he think he's doing? At least not yet.
0: But at the same point in time, you've got one year of, of you get one year of a baseline and that's just not, that's pretty scary. But honestly, both of these teams could well make the playoffs this year. We yeah. talked about how close Buffalo came last year. Yep. Um, you know, the I family bet. competition between Brady and Brady Kachuk and Matt. Matthew. Oh, yeah. Um, Tim Stutzler is only 21. Mm-hmm. Um, Kachuk is only 23. Um, you've got Drake Batherson only 25.
1: I still um, wouldn't mind Pia Dorian's job.
0: Nope. You just I mean, talked about Jake Sanderson being 21. Thomas Shabbat is a creaky 26-year-old. Um, Jacob Chikrin is a creaky 25-year-old. Yep. Um, you've got Josh Norris still on injured reserve. Um, there's some really good young talent on that team. And, and they, they brought in Eunice Corpus Allo from uh,
2: –
1: <clears throat> for goaltending purposes, they brought in Corpus who was – Columbus, and then he was moved out to uh, Vegas.
0: Was it in Los Angeles? He was out in Los Angeles for a while. Oh,
1: L.A. Sorry, I knew he was out west. I couldn't remember.
0: And the thing is, is he did well out in L.A. A nine twenty-one save percentage in in eleven games there, and then in the I mean, the playoffs were a different story. Yes. but uh, it's going to be interesting
1: they because also they play. also
0: have uh, Anton Forsberg um, uh, to uh, to spend time in the crease.
1: Mm, well, once he comes off IR, I suppose.
0: Yeah, uh, I suspect we'll see that uh, once camp opens. Um, I think they I think if they do, I
1: honestly, I think if they do a one a one, I mean Corbassalo was at his best when he was splitting time with Elvis in Columbus so I I think that if they can kind of do a a a Boston thing here and and split time between him and Forsberg I don't remember being wildly excited about Forsberg's goaltending abilities but uh, I'm I'm not sure sure. anyone but Forsberg's Excited about Forsberg's goaltending abilities?
0: Yeah. I mean but they've
1: got I mean Mad Sogard is is twenty two years old. Levy Merlinen, twenty-one years old, Kevin Mandelazi, twenty-three years old. I think he had some time with Ottawa. I know Mad Sogard did. Uh, they've got goaltending in the system. It's just young and untested for yes. any length of time. So I think Corpus Allo's is probably going to be your number one for a bit. I think <laughs> you paid him like one. You gave him a, you gave him an Omar contract.
0: Um, so Five we, decided, years mil. we decided on a new, uh, a new segment for, uh, the new season, um, simply titled will he or won't he? Um, we're going to put out the poll this week. uh, The link will be on my Twitter and we will probably remember to get it into the show's description. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one's pretty simple. Will Austin Matthews finish his new contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs vote on it. We'll talk about it next week. Um, We'll be doing a new topic in the same way uh, for at least the next several weeks. Um and we'll see how it goes. Uh it's got a PTO just like Danton Heinen. Um I really, really like the Danton Heinen PTO even more than I like the Chase on PTO, which is hard to say. Um I think that there was an issue with the coach while he was last year. hmm And I think that people were expecting Expecting him to be another Jake DeBrusque type player when everything that I've seen from him says that he's he's a P.J. Axelson, Rich Beverly type player. Um, and if we can get that out of him, particularly with Bergeron no longer available for the penalty kill. Um,
1: so if goal scoring isn't the expectation, what is the expectation?
0: Hey, OK. Elite top-level goal scoring isn't the expectation. It's solid two-way play, consistency, 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 um, and I, I hope he ends up as a strong part of the penalty kill. That's it. Okay. You don't. There's no teams. In the current NHL, where you have fourth liners and scoring twenty plus goals, it's not the way that winning teams are constructed. True. Um, I
1: don't it, have I don't have a problem with bringing him back on the PTO. I mean, I know that they asked Ch- I, I know it, it, Alex Chase on who's also here in the PTO, and and I guess he was asked you know how he feels about you know feels about doing PTOS and what. Like, and he said they suck, and I'm not wild about having to go through this process. But he's done it in the past. Um, I think if you can bring in a guy like Chase on, bring in a guy like Heinen, see what they can offer you, see what they can do, give them an opportunity. We see we've seen Danton Heinen here in the past. Yes, goal scoring. Whether he whatever he was expected to do, goal scoring wise. He was still a strong two-way player, and I think that they're going to need more of that ilk in the coming seasons because you don't have a Patrice Bergeron. You don't have a David Krejci. You're going to need players to pick up the slack as far as the two-way play is concerned.
0: Yeah. uh, I, I mean... And not, uh, not to take away from what we've seen from Charlie Coyle or from Pablo Zaka, but uh, I, I can't put them at the same level of defensive play as Krejci and Bergeron. And Krejci was, I think noticeably underrated uh, in terms of his two way ability. Um, I, I don't want the adjustment for fans in the future in the post-Bergeron Krejci era is going to be strong. It's going to be it's going to be more noticeable than people think, because James van Riemsdyk is not going to be out there as a number one penalty killer. It's just not going to happen. Um, it, it, they Montgomery and Sweeney and the rest of the staff are going to need to find. A way to do do it by committee. I, I I liked Heinen. I really was annoyed with the way the fans dumped all over him when he was he, when he was here the first time. No, no. Um, I was I've been talking about Chase on for seven or eight years in terms of him coming to Boston because I think he's that type of guy. Um, I don't think that both of them will make it. Um, not without the Bruins making a move during camp uh, to move someone out. Um, but if both of them make it, it probably says a little something about the young talent in the system. Okay. Um, but it wouldn't necessarily make me cry. No, me either
1: um i do have one i do have one more thing i know that we're yep. running tight on time i promise not to take more than two minutes um i looked it up real quick and i saw it i i actually saw it again on the nesson um at least i think it was on the nesson but anyway i know i saw that jamie Langenbrunner is going into the u.s hockey hall of fame so i went to dig up a story come to find out not only is he going dustin brown our good buddy Brian Burke, <laughs> we love Berkey. <laughs> we, <laughs> do, we do, we do. Along with referee Brian Murphy and Katie King Crowley, are all going into the hockey hall. I, I had no idea Dustin Brown or Brian Burke were going. I mean, I, I, it is the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. It's not. Oh my goodness, it's not the you know the. It's and not. And for those
0: of you wondering, it is at 801 Hattrick Avenue. And Eagle Minnesota Minnesota. Um yeah, I love it. That is just outside uh, Virginia, Minnesota.
1: But where else would you have it except in in a, in a winter state such as <clears throat> Minnesota?
0: You weren't uh, you weren't looking forward to going to see it in Maui. Maui would be nice, but somehow the setting would not.
1: Uh, be right for a hockey Hall of Fame. But Jamie Langenbrunner is on the coaching staff of the Bruins. Uh, actually, he's the assistant GM, if I'm not mistaken. Not on the coaching staff. He's in the front office. He's assistant GM. Um, but it's also... We're also going to see Dustin Brown and Brian Burke go in. And Congratulations, congratulations, to, all. I, congratulations to all of them. I think it's great. I, I mean... Love, I love me some Brian Burke. He, he's in, he's entertaining to watch. It's like it's like having another av- another outlet, another avenue like John Tortorella. I mean, hockey gold. <laughs> but congratulations to all. Katie King Crowley played nine seasons with the U.S. national team, won Olympic gold medal in '98. She's head coach of the women's hockey team at Boston College. Uh, and Brian Murphy was a referee for more than 2,000 NHL games, 32 seasons, officiated nine Stanley Cup finals. He's from Dover, New Hampshire, started his career as a college hockey referee. And, again, congratulations to him all. I just wanted to throw that out there.
0: Uh, absolutely. Um, definitely uh, congratulations to all of them. And uh, it gives uh, Jamie's son, who is in the Boston Bruins system, Uh, Just a little bit more to live up to. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's not going to help, is it? (laughs) In terms of the, let's see, um, covered that, covered that. uh, Time-wise, time-wise. Okay, we'll we'll knock this one out real quick. Um, Jonathan Druin, who has had his ups and downs in the league, um, and been something of a it's been an easy topic for the press um, has been reunited with uh, with Nathan McKinnon way out in Colorado Didn't in Colorado for the first time since the two of them were playing together in the in the queue and um, yeah, weren't they with Halifax or something? Uh, I believe it was Yes, I believe it was the Moosehead. Um this is this promises to be a pretty fascinating adjustment for the team. Um he's not going to necessarily replace the playing style or the persona of the Colorado uh, Captain who is still injured. But if he's healthy and playing well, Landis Gog will probably rest a little bit easier this season um, if they can recapture, if McKinnon and Druin can recapture even 80% of the magic they had uh, in the queue.
1: Would be nice to see. And it would be nice to see Jonathan Druin make it back. I know that he's had. Uh, I know because I've read it, not because I know him. I I know because I read, we know, I should say, that he's had struggles of various and sundry kinds, uh, whether it was in Tampa Bay in Montreal. I mean, I can only hope that he is on the right track. And if being in Colorado with a former teammate, who seems to be guiding him based on the story and sitting there throwing, throwing saucer passes to each other, you know, and and McKinnon just offering all kinds of positive feedback when he's dropping perfect passes right on his tape. It, it just sounds like a good situation for him. And hopefully it will help him get back to what he was capable of and where he was drafted.
0: I hope it works out for him. Uh, like for me, you know, you look at the last couple of years of McKinnon uh, of Druin and basically in the last four seasons where he was in Montreal, you know, we had the pandemic and all of the response to that, which I think um, actually hurt. Well, I actually, I think it actually hurt him because he oh,
1: he seemed absolutely. to gen he seemed to genuinely be trying. There was a time in Tampa Bay where he actually seemed like he had checked out mentally, like he didn't want to be there, he didn't want to play. It, it, it seemed like he wanted nothing to do with. But when he got to Montreal, that trade with Sergachev, he actually I mean, seemed to be applying himself. And then we get the the the, the pause.
0: Well, he had the first two full seasons there, which were solid, uh, you know, 46 points in 77 games, 53 in 81. Um, And then you have, he had all of the injuries and things in the 1920 season comes back, pops 23 points in, in 44 games uh, in the 2021 season. So another injury, some more uh, and the shortened season. Then the next season, only manages to make it into 34 games, has 20 points along the way, mm-hmm. which isn't which isn't a terrible points percentage. Um, but last year, only 29 points in 58 games, that's a little bit of a regression. Some of that is obviously the Montreal Canadiens as a whole were decidedly ungood. Um, they were about as good as my feelings for the Babcock hiring and mm-hmm. the list that we started the show with. Um, I think only two is, goals like I. If he looks this good through camp. I don't think another 50 point or or higher season is outside his reach. Not with the not with the, the offense that Colorado
1: puts on the ice. I mean, it's not just McKinnon. No, it's McKinnon. It's, it's Ranton, And it's is JT Comper still there. He better be if they if they let him go. He should have come here. But uh, it, it's Kale McCarr, it's Sam Gerard on defense. They can score from many different places, many different lines. That can't hurt Jonathan as far as the offense goes. I mean that.
0: No, and you've got some pretty steady guys who have been added to the team over the last year or two. Andrew Cogliano, who had, you know, a pretty long Ironman streak. Uh, Miles Wood, who was in um, who was in New Jersey and has seen some pretty bad teams and some bad (laughs) hockey. Um, You've got Devin Tays. I
1: went back to Detroit. My apologies. I didn't mean to talk over you.
0: uh, You've got Jack Johnson, who has certainly seen his fair share of um, Babcock. Um, <laughs> he's seen his fair share of Babcock, yeah. Yeah. Um, I uh, the other the other part is you know as big uh, as big a star as McKinnon is as big a star as Renton is. Colorado is not a top tier media outlet. He's he's not <laughs> going to get scrutinized the same way. That he would, if he were in Boston or Montreal or Toronto or New York. Well, yeah, the scrutiny
1: started at Tampa Bay. The problem, the problem is, yeah, okay, it's not a huge market, but they were winning games, they were in playoffs, they were so focus was on them. He gets traded from there to okay, an original six, yeah, market, uh. Yeah, being in Colorado again, like you said, smallish market. It, it, it' not he's not gonna be topic of discussion number one, two, three, four, and five. I mean, no, you've got, got the highest paid player in the NHL in in Nathan McKinnon, and arguably the highest
0: paid anymore.
1: He, I think he is the highest paid, but
0: no, um, isn't isn't Matthews now the highest paid? Does his
1: contract kick in this year or next year?
0: I believe it's this year, but uh, it might – you you could be right. It could be next year, but either way, you've got McKinnon, Rantanen, Nuchushkin – why can't I say his name today? Nichushkin. Yes. Um, Kale McCarr, Sam Girard, all out there who are going to get way more attention.
1: Even Devin Tays will probably get more attention.
0: Even Devin Tays and – heck, Ryan Johansson, yeah, um, are going to get that attention. Landeskog, if he makes it back or is hanging around the team, is going to get the attention. Um, it's, I think, I'm really hoping this is a good place for him, um, and that he manages to avoid the injury ninja. Um, he's uh, he's 28 years old. This is. Effectively, his last shot, which is pretty sad. Um, I mean, he was drafted 18th overall back in 2013. This is pretty much his last shot. He needs to be productive and functional um, in order to be able to sign a good contract next year. Um, And I would love to see it. Yeah,
1: I think it'd be a very good thing for him. He's in a good. He's in a good. He's in a good spot where the players around him are going to be able to support him.
0: And I think that's everything we have time for this week.
1: Yeah, we'll have to move a couple of things to next show, but that's fine. This was pretty full show this week, so.
0: Very full show, um, not all of it full of Babcock like uh, like the Columbus hiring. Okay,
2: okay, Fair
0: hockey enough. fans. Uh, we are done. Have a great week. Share the show with everyone. Make sure you uh, vote in the poll. Um, And we'll be back next week. Uh, I will start tweeting a little tiny bit more as we close in on the season. I don't think anyone actually needs 400 tweets an hour of uh, training camp and captain's practices. So I will try and refrain from stuff like that. Take care.